Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth StravaCraft coffee. And StravaCraft coffee has multiple one-two punches. The first one-two punch is not only is it delicious coffee, but it packs that CBD punch. And of course, CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with the body. It can help relieve, including some people says it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So you can have your coffee and not get the jitters all at the same time. And the second one-two punch that Strava Craft Coffee offers is they are given all first-time users 25% off by using that code DNVR25 over at StravaCoffee.com. And once you've got in and used that code already, subscribe to Strava and you'll save 20% off every single order after that for the rest of your life. And you can even have it set up where it's delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, eight weeks or however often you want. It will send straight to your door. You don't even have to go online, enter your credit card for information or anything. So make sure to check them out over at StravaCoffee.com. They have so many delicious flavors of coffee on top of that CBD benefit. So check them out, StravaCoffee.com. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday on the Denver Broncos bye week. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. And of course, over at MSU Denver Online, they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. It's something that is so difficult to find. How can you continue your, your education while continuing to live your life, and you can do that over at MSU Denver, and it is very affordable. And we've had a couple people here take classes over at MSU Denver, and they just have fantastic things to say about how the professors really bring the real world into the classroom to teach you what you need to know uh, so that you're ready to hit the ground rolling. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how's it going? It's going all right. You know, I was driving in, driving up on Josephine Street uh, this morning on my way to the studio here, and someone was just going at it, going at it with a leaf blower, right? Yep. Because it's leaf blower I, season. I, I drove by him as well. Yes. But here's the thing. 
He's blowing the leaves into the street, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you have the onrushing traffic whoosh, and it's just knocking the leaves right back up where he bloomed <laughs> from. <laughs> if he keeps doing it for a long enough time, Mace, it, it, they'll go to the other side of the road, and then it's and someone else's problem. You gotta, but you gotta do that like at a slower time of day, I guess. <laughs> but you can't because it's noisy. You can't go out and and blow leaves at eleven o'clock at night. You can't. People, people will call the cops on you if you do that. Is there anything more futile than a leaf blower? Oh boy, uh, that's it's pretty. Lawnmowers are up there as well. But you cut the because gra the grass grows back, right? But it grows back in like a week or two, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and you're rocking the rapids today. Yeah, I thought I'd accessorize. Actually, I'm all soccer today because you have a U.S. Uh, national wow, team game. How about that? Somewhere in the 2014 bomb pop. Uh, U.S. soccer I love it. Uh -huh. jersey because the they're bomb pop. It's a Concacaf match day. And USA is playing Jamaica. How about that? Yeah. Mace is all soccered out today, but let's talk football. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the football buy. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk football because, Mace, we're pretty much at the mid, mid midway point of the season. Of course, just over at 10 games, and we're at the Broncos bye week, which came at a perfect time. And I want to hand out some grades and go through pretty much every player on offense, defense, coaching, and let's start with the quarterback position because Mace we have we have a little bit more of a conversation here than mm -hmm. just handing out a grade for Teddy Bridgewater because yesterday it's been a rough 24 hours for Teddy Bridgewater after that game and then yesterday and I think we we rightly uh said just how detrimental Teddy Bridgewater was by not making that tackle but credit to him yesterday Teddy comes out uh and speaks to the media for a second day in a row and just takes full responsibility for what he called an unacceptable play. Uh, he failed the team. What did you think of, of what he had to say? I'm glad he did it. I mean, don't say that too loud because there are some people in the Twitter sphere who are going <laughs> to roast you just for having any kind of praise of somebody doing the right thing, but it was doing the right thing on his part. Mm -hmm. And I know this kind of sounds cliched, but this is rare what he did. Quarterbacks usually don't talk on Monday. Right. And this, this look, some of it was on Teddy. Cap of the tip of the cap to him. Broncos PR made sure he was available, but she had, he, he had to face the music. And yep. he faced the music in every way. I've, I was told that to, he actually met with uh, all the position groups, went through, went through and talked to, to as many of the players on the team as he could apologizing and you know saying that uh, he should have done differently he should have tried to make a play and then of course he in the team-wide film session he was roasted mm -hmm. by Vic Fangio yep yep a so he faced, as it should be he, he deserved it and, I mean, and, and that's something that I said yesterday was if Vic Fangio wants to wants to show this entire team that that's unacceptable you do it in front of the entire team just like he did just like Bill Belichick did with Tom Brady mm -hmm. and Bruce Arians does with Tom Brady as well no yep. If if Tom Brady is not above criticism, Teddy Bridgewater certainly no. uh, should get it when it is warranted, and it, it was warranted here. I mean, I know the death by inches cliche has kind of become a punchline. Yes, it because has. Because of the results the last couple of years, but that was death by inches there. 
It, it certainly was. Certainly was. The, the whole game could be different after that. I still yeah. think the Broncos lose, but it certainly would have looked different. And mm. and Mace, uh, now you gave Teddy props for doing that, and I want to give him props as well for coming out and doing that. That that's mm. big to just own it. He didn't back away from any question that was asked, and that's mm. all that his press conference was about was just his his decision that he failed on. Uh, now. Are we saying that he's totally fine, dissolved everything? No, we're no. not. We're not saying that. No. And and actions speak louder than words. Uh, on Sunday, Teddy's actions spoke louder than his words yesterday. But it's a step in the right direction. Has he earned his his coaches and his teammates' trust in the fans and the media's respect? No, he hasn't. He's still going to have to go out and do it on the field. And sure. If he gets another opportunity to hit a guy, I'm sure he will, and that will be a big step in the right direction to earning it back. But, Mace, what it's going to come down to is wins. If they beat the Chargers, people are going to forget about it. If they beat the Chiefs, if they split those games and then they have a winning record uh, after playing Detroit in three weeks from now, then everyone's going to forget about it, and that won't be a defining part uh, of his time in Denver. However... If the Broncos are 500, below 500, drop these next two games, then absolutely that will define Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, the only way it won't define him in Denver is if they make the playoffs. Well, I disagree a bit because, and and this goes to our our Broncos pick'em that we had over the weekend, you think uh, that that Teddy and, well, tell me if I'm wrong, you think Teddy and Vic are back only if they make the playoffs. Is that right? Right. And and I think the bar's a little lower. Not that it should be lower, but I think the bar's a little lower. Yeah, that's just, the the vibe I get is is playoff mandate. And I I hope that's the case. Yeah, and look, it's a legitimate possibility. I mean, you're, you're one game back in the division. I think the interesting thing now is that we've kind of talked about, you know, wild card, wild card, wild card, if the Broncos did make the playoffs, the most direct path is actually doing well in division games and winning the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy enough. Crazy, crazy enough. The Broncos have control of their fate to have a home playoff game in their hands. Doesn't that sound insane? It does. That they could be at home in January, but it really it's it comes down to the last seven games, and in particular those first two weeks. Because if you beat the Chargers, you literally go to the to Kansas City with a chance to take first place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Period. It's wild. Yeah. It, it, it is wild, and that's a position the Broncos have set themselves up yeah. in. Okay, Mace, let's jump into the grades, and let's start with Teddy Bridgewater. What grade are you giving him? C. Oh, okay. Average. Okay. He, on I- bat, on bat, look, and I'll say this. I had it a bit higher before he pulled up. Fair. Fair, and that that's that's very fair, Mace. Um, I'm gonna go, and I think with these grades, how about we meet in the middle, wherever we are, and give okay. one collective grade. I'm gonna go B minus here, and the reason for that is maybe it's you know recency bias that he's the best mm. the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning in 2014 in terms of his on field play. Uh, if you're but on, also, if, you, if you're on the Broncos curve, he's an A. Exactly. The Broncos post post Peyton curve. T- Teddy's an A. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the others. Now, the reason I didn't go C here is because I think he's actually been slightly above average in terms of other quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Right now, he has the 10th most yards. He has the third best completion percentage. His passer rating is 11th. Now, what drops him down? His QBR uh, is 24. Third down also. And third down conversions mm-hmm. also. Yeah, no, and, and, and so so yeah. he hasn't been, he has not been 
great by any means, but I think he's been a little bit above average. And Mace, I actually like where we have him. I, I, I think mm. a C plus is a perfect. C plus. <laughs> well, is that a Cornholio thing? Have you ever seen A Christmas Story? No, I have not. Wait. They run that movie for 24 hours on TNT or TBS <laughs> over Christmas, and they've done this since time immemorial, and you haven't once watched it? No, couldn't tell you who's in it, couldn't tell you what the cover looks like, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Uh, you know, I'm only so T- TNT or TBS guy when it's like the basketball playoffs are on. Wow. So or if some I, prime time Thursday so night So you nuggets. say, you know, the Red Rider BB gun, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. You're, this means, oh, Fudge means nothing to you. Yeah, no, it's foreign language to me, Mace. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm a football guy. Mace, you, you do it don't, all. I do football. Don't You watch movies and TV shows, right? Uh, some, yeah. You know, since uh, since I started dating my, well, dating my fiance now, uh, 11 years ago, she doesn't like movies. Oh. I, I could tell you we've probably watched a handful of or less of movies in the past 10 years, 10, 11 years. Now, I've gone off and, another, and done my own a little bit, but... Yeah. another piece of the Zach puzzle falls into place. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. So that uh, that would explain that a bit. <laughs> Holy cow, I learned something new every day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I'd say most people watching know what I'm talking about. I, I've heard... <laughs> Of it. Yes. So, yes, I know. Okay. I, I know I'm in the minority there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hop to another position. Let's go to running back. And, Mason, we kind of have two running backs here, so so we can mush them together or mm-hmm. uh, or do whatever you think. Yeah, I like the way Kale spelled it, by the way, running backs. Running backs. <laughs> Broncos have some running backs. Yes. Um, so if we're going to put them together, B+. plus. Hmm, Mace, it's exactly where I was going to go as well. A's are hard to get. A's are hard to get, and A's win what? The the running backs combined have four fumbles. I think they've only been charged with three. Right. But but Javante did fumble that one time, got it back. Uh, I mean, Melvin Melvin fumbled against Washington because they put him in there because Javante fumbled. Right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And and so A, you kind of got to be flawless and and i agree you got to be really really special and the broncos running backs have flashed really special and and they've actually been a really good one-two punch melvin has been that consistent guy uh where he's gonna get you four and a half yards four and a half yards four and a half yards and javante has been that guy where he's gonna get you one one and then break out for a 30 yarder and javante is gonna have bring the energy and i think these past couple weeks we've actually seen javante get more uh and be start to be more of the consistent guy not of the two but he's starting to be more consistent in the way he is. Instead of one one thirty one, it's more like two three five, and then the the fifteen. Well, to be specific on why kind of Javante just goes one one thirty when he gets the big hole, he maximizes it because at this point he's bigger and faster than Melvin Gordon. He's going to break more tackles, but. Melvin is still much better at reading holes when they quickly flash open and accelerating to them, whereas Javante is still a little slow to read those quick flashing holes and get there. So that's where Javante has to grow. And I've seen progress from him, especially I saw some progress from him on Sunday mm-hmm. in that in that area. So if he can get to the point where he's able to read those holes as the, as they open, and just and I'm not talking about the big holes. I mean, I, like in Dallas, he had holes you could right. drive a truck through. Right. But most holes are lickety split. They're only they're there for an instant and they're gone. 
when Javante gets to where he can read those better and attack those better, then he's going to be the complete package right. at running back. Right now, he's still not where you want him to be just yet, but he's a rookie. That's going to come with time. So I have no doubt that he's going to get there, but right now, that's why you're still, even after the fumble, you're still going to see plenty of Melvin Gordon. Although maybe, based on how many carries they had Sunday, maybe the scales flip a little bit to where Javante gets more touches than Melvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's the direction we're going, and that's what we saw this past Sunday. Javante had more snaps. Javante had more carries as well. So I think that I think the transition's starting to begin. All right, let's jump to receiver, Mace. And do we want to do, uh, you know, the starters, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick? As a group, or do you want to do them individually? That's what I'm asking you. You want to do them together? Let's do them together. Okay, let, let's do them together. How have how have the Broncos receivers been? What grade are you giving them? I'm giving them a B. That's exactly where I was going to go. Oh, and, oh and, lame. And the thing is, this Maybe group— I should have given him a, a, a C-plus for, for giggles and <laughs> create some debate here. If you want to hit, mm-hmm. hit it and have it be a B-minus, we, we no, can. But B, B um, this group has been good, um, and I think that's what the B res- represents. They've been above average. But Mace, coming into this season, I think we probably would have said this group should be an A. Maybe an A-minus, something mm-hmm. along there. This group should be special. And this group has not been special. Uh, and they've had the best quarterback play. Now, could they have better numbers if they had Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson? Of course, I'm sure they could, and that would help. But this wide receiver group ha- has, to me, has been pretty hit or miss. Now, Jerry Judy injured for, for most of this season, so it's not fair to put that on him necessarily. But when he's been out there these past couple of games, he's been good. But he hasn't been special. He hasn't been making incredible plays. I think in week one, he was on pace to be that incredible special mm-hmm. guy. And I think the injury really set him back. But but so he's been good. Not not special. Cortland Sutton, um, I can't wrap my head around who he is. Um, he is maybe the most cons- inconsistent, really good receiver in this game right now. I mean, w- w- Ryan and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and he said, well, every every receiver is going to be inconsistent. And I said, well, let's look at some. And, and we went through mm-hmm. a couple of, of elite receivers, and Mace, their bad games are 75 yards, 80 yards. And then, of course, they have the good games of 100, 150. Cortland Sutton's bad games are 12 yards, are 23 yards like he had this past week, something along those lines. And then he also has the career-high best, uh, you know, t- 150 yards earlier this, this year against Jacksonville. He, he's just too inconsistent to raise this group to an A. And then uh, Tim Patrick, for being a third receiver, Mm -hmm. uh, he's an A, uh, of course. And what if I told you that the last three weeks combined, Cortland Sutton has 78 receiving yards? Wow. That's what I'm talking about. Last three games, five catches for 78 yards. At the same time, he's only been targeted nine times in those games. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm a little more benevolent to Cortland Sutton here. What I want to see Teddy Bridgewater do, and this is going against kind of Teddy Teddy's general Elon as a quarterback, I want to see him try to find him on some jump balls. Yeah, sure. And, and isn't that on everyone? It's on yeah. Teddy. It's on Cortland to 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 show that he's open or get a little separation or something. And then it's on also Pat to mm-hmm. to draw that into the game plan. Yeah, to say, look, if if he might have tight coverage on this play. Right. But Cortland can win those jump balls. Uh-huh. Give him a chance. Yeah. I think that that's something that I, I'm. You're looking for ways to kind of open up this offense a little bit when you come out of the bye. Yep. That's where I would start. Mm-hmm. Is 
you know, he does that Cortland Sutton doesn't need to have separation to have a chance at the ball because of the type of receiver he is and the skill set he possesses. Yep. So give him a shot. I totally agree. In the first seven games of the season, Cortland Sutton was on pace for 1,200, uh, over 1,200 yards. Mace, mm-hmm. in the past four games, or I'm sorry, three games, he's on pace for a 400-yard season, if that's what he were to right. do. So, I mean, that just tells you the inconsistencies right there. Right. Now, over the course of the season, it's interesting on a per-game basis. Sutton is averaging 62 yards a game. Tim Patrick, 52. Jerry Judy, 57. So over the when when the three of them are out there, there's actually pretty good. There's pretty right. good balance. Yep. Yep. Now, what is interesting also, you look at Cortland Sutton on a game by game basis. Um, his four lowest receiving or three of his four lowest receiving totals are uh, or four. My pardon me, four of his five. I because I, I just noticed this. Four of his five lowest receiving yardage totals are in the games that Jerry Judy played. Mm. So that's another thing. They got to force him the ball. Who's the number one receiver then? To to Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. It's Jerry Judy. Yeah, and it's not even close. That's a great stat. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I'll, and, but, if, but also, I would say that, um, again, kind of focusing on those on those four games that they have played together, Tim Patrick has... 39, 64, 85, only 14. Not a good game last week for Tim Patrick. No, it wasn't. So he, was he had uh, 149. Let's see. Uh, 149. I know this is great podcast and great video. 163. I see the, uh, I see the wheels turning in your head. So, so, so when Judy, Patrick, and Sutton are out there, Judy, the, Patrick is averaging just over 50 yards a game. Judy is averaging good. 57. Yep. And Tim and Tim Patrick or and, and uh, Cortland Sutton is averaging uh I mean about 30 yards a game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and and Mace, th- this ties in perfectly with our next position. Yeah. So we'll get to tight ends, but to to bring the two together, what type of year would you say has Noah Fant had? <sighs> Maddening. Maddening. I think that's that's a great word. And the reason I ask and how it ties together is Noah Fant has one less catch than Cortland Sutton. Yes. And he's played in one fewer game mm-hmm. than Cortland Sutton. And, of course, the wide receiver position, even when you have a receiving tight end, is supposed to be more dominant in the pass game. Put up better stats, and Cortland Sutton has one more catch than Noah Fant. I think that really opens people's eyes of just how disappointing a season is. Not, And it's not all, all Cortland's fault. But at the end of the day, it's it's been a disappointing statistical season. It has, and... We'll get into Fant as well because you could argue there's some disappointments in his season too. Without a doubt. And let's yeah. give a grade out for the tight end position. And, of course, this involves not just Noah Fant, but he is your one, Albert O, and then uh, Eric Salbert as well. This might be unfair. Oh, I think we're going to do the exact same grade. C. Okay, I was going to go C+. Plus. The, and it's there are just too many mistakes. Yeah. Noah Fant's penalties – Albert O with the pass through his hands downfield from Teddy Bridgewater against the Ravens. Eric Salbert with the holding penalty on Sunday that took a touchdown off the board. Noah Fant with the holding, 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 holding penalties. All yeah, all year. I mean, yeah. And and the thing is, you look, you sit and look at Fant statistically, and in terms of you know he's played nine games, he's at he's averaging nearly four, nearly five catches a game. But he's not at, but he, his per catch average is way down. Mm-hmm. He's not even at 10 yards a catch. He he hasn't broken a tackle this year. 
No. According to Sport Radar. Oh, my goodness gracious. According to Sport Radar, Noah Fant has not broken a tackle. Mm. Melvin Gordon has broken four tackles in the passing game. That actually leads the, the passing the Broncos in the passing game. Okay. Eric Salbert has seven receptions, one-sixth of the total of Noah Fant. More and broke. he's broken two tackles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that, that that that's not a crazy surprise to anyone. No, we all know that Noah Fant hasn't been Mr. Breaking Tackles, but to not have one? Yeah. Wow. Not one. According to SportRadar.com, not one broken tackle. Yeah, and, and so you look at Noah. He's on pace for a fine season for a tight end. Like, if if he was a fourth-round pick, you'd say – He's, he's having a good season. He's on pace for, what, 600 yards, uh, 70 receptions. So that that's that's good. That That's good. But In Simpsons parlance, it's perfectly cromulent. Yeah, it's it's he's perfectly cromulent. And it's, <laughs> but that's not what you drafted him for. It's not what you drafted him for. And that's why I just went slightly above average. But I'm, I'm okay with average as well here. And just like talking about Court and Sutton, just a little disappointing yeah. in, in, in what your expectations were. So I like that for the Broncos tight ends going with the C. I mean, one thing I will say, like we compared to what you used to get from Broncos tight ends. I mean, I remember a few years ago talking about the lack of production from the position before Noah Fant came in. Well, you've collectively among the group, you've got, you got 68 receptions and you've got four touchdowns or yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah. That's, that used to be more than a season. full season's yeah. worth of working. You've got it in 10 games. So the Broncos' tight end position, it is better than it has been in terms of its productivity and involvement in the passing game. But we got to see more. The talent is there for more than we have seen from this group. Hopefully we see less from the oh, tight end group. Oh, Hopefully oh. they can be more. <laughs> you like that? You like that? <laughs> that was that was a level right there. Oh, <laughs> hey, there we go. And let's speak. But, speaking but of, I uh, should have said if I wanted to be kind of, uh, if if I wanted to kind of rip a little bit, I would have said it's on the D list. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, you would have. And speaking of D list, let's talk about the offensive line. Oh. And, let's, and because there's been so many moving parts on the offensive line, Mace, I think it's only fair to to kind of give one collective uh, grade for the offensive line. Mm. Where are you going here? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, is fifth in the league in time to throw. 2.91 seconds. Oh, not bad. Now he's taking some hits. Look, it's not perfect, but he's getting time to throw. And at least on, on the large scale. Yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. the thing is, when you watch offensive line play, everyone focuses on the times everybody gets beat. Yeah, of course. A tackle can, have a, can go 49 out of 50, but if on the 50th play, the edge whips around him for the sack, that's all anybody's talking about. Right. In the big picture, the Broncos' offensive line isn't bad, okay. even with all the injuries. Look at, what, look at the holes they're creating uh, when, they get, when they're able to get downhill. This, was, this, is a, this is a B group for me. A B group, okay, and, and and I'm going C plus here. So and we'll split the difference. They B minus exactly, and and the reason that I'm going C plus here, Mace, is uh, you're right. The Broncos' offensive line has been good in pass protection, but I can't get over the first six, seven games of the season where there were just zero holes for running backs to run, especially on the inside of the offensive line. And and that's a big reason why Javante was going for one yard, one yard, one yard, was because maybe they would create slight holes, but it, ju it just wasn't enough at all. But sometimes the play design is only going to call for the flash of the hole. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that that's why Mel, Melvin and Javante didn't get a perfect grade either. But the offensive line, the interior was just getting destroyed for, for a good part of the season. So I think B minus is is probably pretty fair for this group. I mean, I think what you're looking for and saying also is, is there improvement? Well, Bowl, there Garrett is. Bowles has probably taken a bit of a step back. No doubt. A little bit of a regression to the mean, but he's got he's stabilized things before he got hurt. Lloyd Cushenberry is getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Quinn Miners is definitely showing a lot of promise. I think Dalton Reisner actually has maybe played the, the best back-to-back games that he's had in a while. Right, right. recently. Probably since, his, probably since his rookie season. And so maybe there is a little bit of recency bias here because the form of the O-line has been much better in the last couple of games. Right. But I, th- I think there's a lot of promise there. And uh, Bobby Massey has... Bobby Massey's actually, you could say, has been the best right tackle this team has had since at least Jared Valdir and maybe going all the way back to Big O Orlando Franklin. Yeah, I'm going all the way back yeah. with Bobby Massey. And he's he, good. He's just straight up in their best offensive lineman this year. I Honestly, I'm looking at Massey and, and you have to live with the – he's going to have an injury. at the, He's at the point yep. in his career and he's missing some time right now. Yep. You'd be foolish not to count on it. Right, but – you can count on him probably realistically for 12 or 13 games at this point in his career. Yep. I would bring him back on another one-year contract based on what I've seen from him. Yep. If he wants to keep playing, and uh, he may be at the point where he only wants to be a Bronco because he is settled in Colorado. That's his home now. Yep, yep. That if Bobby Massey wants to keep coming back year to year, I think you'd be happy to have him at right tackle. Yeah, I completely Until agree. Until he says, I don't want to play anymore. I, I completely agree. And something else you'll definitely be happy with is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, where they've got an awesome deal going on right now for new users. If you bet $1, you'll win $100 if the team that you pick scores that's all they have to do so pick new england or atlanta this coming thursday night to score and if they do you get a hundred dollars in free bets which you can use on friday saturday sunday broncos aren't playing this week so man what a perfect time to get in and and go around the rest of the nfl watch some other nfl games this weekend and the broncos can't lose this weekend so you're guaranteed a good weekend and heck you're guaranteed a great weekend if you turn a hundred dollars in free bets into even more than that so download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get a hundred dollars in free bets if the team of your choice scores a point and of course DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only your and supplies. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, you can come on down to the MVR bar and watch all the NFL games on Sunday. Just mm-hmm. because the Broncos aren't on doesn't mean you're not going to watch some football. Oh, of course. And we'll have all the, all the early games, all the eight games on the televisions here. So come on down for a little brunch at the DNVR bar. Watch some football and, you know, get on your DraftKings app and bet on DraftKings. You know, I actually enjoy... A an occasional Sunday without Broncos football. Yep. And actually, for me, it's double. There's no Bucks game either because the Bucks are on Monday night football. How about that? So it's like wow, com- you got free. There's Sunday. no there's no work stakes. There's no personal stakes. I can just sit back and uh, and graze and 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 watch and just kind of watch everything. And you know, yeah, you could watch Red Zone at home, but why not just come on down to the DNVR bar and then whatever game is popping, just turn your head, check out the television, and you can and you can watch that. So just because we don't have a tailgate this week, although they're doing the tailgate show, yes. So they are doing that. So the tailgate show will still happen. Mm-hmm. So you All can right. start your morning off drinking yes. with them at uh, at nine thirty Denver time. 
Oh man, I guess it's beer, it's, all, it's beer thirty somewhere, right? And they'll be drinking Breckenridge brews at yeah. the tailgate, and of course, at all of our in-person tailgates, Breck Brew fuels us, and Breck Brew also fuels the DNVR bar. You guys got to get over here and check out everything they have, and of course, it is Christmas ale season. You can get the mini kegs, so many liquor stores, man, those are so much fun. Perfect for a holiday uh, get together. Perfect for your Thanksgiving get together. You got to check out everything Breck Brew's offering, whether you're at the bar, at the tailgate, or even if you're out of state, check out their Breck Beer Locator online and you can find out where to find all the Breck Brews. All right, Mace, we left uh, we left off one position on the offensive side, and it's offensive coordinator. And I would say Pat Shermer, but now we, we had a little Mike Shula in here. So what grade are you giving pretty much Pat Shermer? Uh, C minus. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And... Those who thought Mike Shula was going to change things, I mean, I tried to try to warn people on social media by pointing out the the offensive ranks of Mike Shula's units over the years. Mike Shula wasn't going to change. wasn't going to change. If anything, Mike Shula's overall performance as an offensive coordinator historically is worse than that at Pat Shermer's. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what what have we talked about with with Pat Shermer mainly? Is is he getting fired this week? Is he getting fired this week? When's he getting fired? I mean, that's what everyone's been asking. And yeah. you can't have a, a better grade than a C minus if that's the question mm-hmm. that's surrounding you most of the year. I mean, you give him credit for uh, for kind of him and, and the staff, because I think this is kind of a staff grade as well. Give him yeah. Mike Munchak credit for getting the offensive line going, dealing with dealing with injuries. I mean, you know, there have been times where you felt like you were holding your breath on the offensive line, but the reserves have stepped up and played well. All things considered, yep, they have. You know, it hasn't been like, oh my God, we're you know, we're playing with three backups. It's a sieve. That didn't happen on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There were there were issues with the team, but the offensive line did, did fine. Yeah, against Philadelphia, despite being down three starters. Yeah. Now the other thing with Pat Shermer is this offense is averaging twenty points per game. That is bottom ten. Yeah. Or, and, what, and that's why C minus is the, is probably the best you can give. And exactly, I mean they they are uh, supposed to be averaging at least twenty four. I mean that's average, and they're averaging twenty, so it's below average. It's not good enough. I mean you could even put this this grade at a D as well, but but I, yeah. I, I think it's fine at C minus. Okay, let's flip over to the other side of the ball, and you know what? No, we'll save we'll save coordinator and head coach for the very end. Let's start with defensive line. Mace, how's this Broncos defensive line been, for the most part, fairly healthy outside of Mike Purcell? Mm-hmm. It hasn't made the splash plays that you'd expect. No. It's been effective. I mean, for me, Draymond Jones has played better the last couple of games. It's a, This is a solid B for me. Okay. This is a workmanlike B. Okay. Um, at, you're too nice. I'm I'm gonna go C plus here, so we can settle on a B minus for this group. Um, to me, this group has been disappointing in, in what we wanted them to be, but it doesn't mean that they haven't been good. Uh, I think workmanlike. I think solid is a good way to put them. Maybe a little bit above average, but where where are the game changing plays? Uh, for from Shelby, from Draymond, we we're starting to see mm. glimpses of those, but we did not see those for the first seven weeks of this season. Uh, and the run defense is also something that comes down to them. And, and that's one thing when we've started to see these splash plays from Shelby and Draymond, yeah. 
we've seen the run defense go the opposite direction. Right now, Broncos just literally right in the middle in terms of run defense, giving up 110 yards per game. I think the root cause of that is a little different, though. We're going to get into that when we talk about another another area of the defense. Let's talk about because it right when, now. Let's talk let's, about let, Let's talk about inside linebackers, linebackers and, boy. Are we grading all, on a curve? All 10 of them. Nope. Just how they are. Uh it's uh, it's tough because you, I mean you, that's you, the thing. you started the season really good with Josie Jewell. He's having an incredible season and Alexander Johnson. Then you definitely and, started going drastically downhill and now and you're going uphill. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna say a C. Okay. Because of all these guys, there's only one piston that really is misfiring in a bad way, in a damaging way, but when he's out there teams are going at him and that's Curtis Robinson but it's no fault of his own Curtis Robinson should is not at a level where he should be playing extensively in the NFL right yeah he should absolutely. be a special teamer developing he gets thrown out there against the Browns he gets thrown out there against the Eagles when Baron Browning's back flares up it's not a coincidence that when and, and I think you know we even talked about in the press box when when Browning went out and Robinson went in, Eagles should go right at him. Yep, they yep, did. Yep, and then when they did, it was successful. And yeah, you you can't put much blame on Curtis Robinson. I, I agree with he's you. He's doing Mace. his level best, but he, exactly. at this point, he doesn't have he he doesn't have what is necessary to succeed at that position. And so you've had so many backups playing who honestly deserve grades that are that are D's. But mm -hmm. when Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson playing, they were playing at a really high level, especially Josie. Now Kenny yeah. Young is playing at a really high level. Baron Browning's playing at a high level. Those guys bring those Ds up. So I, I, I like a C here. Maybe nah, I think I think a C is probably pretty mm -hmm. fair. Now they're trending to be finished with a potential B for this season. I'm worried about Baron Browning's back spasms though. Yeah, that's yep. They've that, acted up a couple of times now, and just he's been and he's been dealing with one injury after another mm -hmm. ever since he got here. Yep, and so that's kind of that's. That's an alarm bell going off right now. It and is. It is. And, and Mace, also, when you look at this group, the only guy that has really not lived up to expectations has been Justin Stranad. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think we all had higher hopes for him. Now he's dealt with an injury. Now I believe he's on the coat. Or no, he's just dealing with an injury now. Uh, and so yeah, he was on COVID list. But, he, he was. Yeah. And before that, he got benched for, for Kenny yeah. Young and, and Baron Browning. But outside of that, Everyone else has either met expectations or been above expectations, and, and same with Curtis Robinson. You know, he's met his expectations of just not not being a starting quality inside linebacker. Now we saw, of course, against the Browns, you had Stranad and Robinson out there together. I wonder if things would have worked better for Stranad working with Kenny Young if he had been available last Sunday and had been the one who came off the bench. I'm sure it would have helped. That's, I think, I'm not saying that the Broncos would have won. I don't think the Eagles would have gashed the Broncos in the same way. The Browns? Or the the Eagles? No, I'm talking about the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. If Stranad had been available. Yeah, I think we've seen him yeah. struggle in the run game a little too much this year but for he, me but, to feel but comfortable. He's yeah, he struggled, but like the Browns game, it was him and Curtis Robinson. Right. And, that, and they both struggled. Right. So you put him next to Kenny Young, I don't think it would have been as bad. 
Uh, yeah, I, I certainly don't yeah. think it would have been as bad. All right, let's go to the outside backers here, Mason. Boy, I mean, talk about disappointing compared to the expectations. Yeah. Um, Von Miller still leads the team in the quarterback hurries, by the way. Mm, not good. Yeah. Are we great? We, we're including Von Miller's play in this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, he, he played in. Malik Reed has been, you know, fine. Yep. Not the concern. The concern I have on Malik Reed is uh, he's not holding up well at the point of attack against the run. No, and that's really been yeah. exposed the past couple of weeks. And, and Jonathan Cooper's shown some flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Weatherly has shown some flashes, but this is a it's a C group. It, it's a very C group. Uh, now this team, in terms of sacks, eleventh best in the NFL, so a, a pretty good there. But you look at you just look at the injuries they've had. I mean. Bradley Chubb has, you know, d- done nothing for this team. Uh, Von Miller, take away his first three games, and boy, this team is really struggling statistically getting after getting after the quarterback outside of yeah, Jonathan Cooper, who's been a real bright spot. And, and Malik Reed's been been who he is. But you have in terms four of, sacks from the secondary, too, yeah, of and, that total. And so in terms of what this team was supposed to be here, mm-hmm. Mace, incredibly under this was supposed to be your a a plus group this in the secondary mm-hmm. we'll get there in a moment yes we will but for reasons of of injury and ineffectiveness it hasn't worked out that way for the edges and look bradley chubb being injured malik reed's been a starter i i expected more from malik reed i think what we're seeing from malik reed right now is that he's probably a perfectly functional uh pass rusher probably not somebody who you want in there every down yeah, and I think what we're seeing from Malik Reed is if he is your number two outside linebacker, still a starter, but yeah. but not your number one. He's on the opposite side of that guy. He he's good. You're, you're very happy with that. But when he's called upon to be your one, like he has this past mm-hmm. month, uh, it that that's just not who he is. Mm-hmm. And, and right now he's on pace for about eight sacks. That's great from from your number two guy who you're paying b- nothing, like he had last year. Exactly, but. That's not good for a team that has that had two top five draft picks that that's paying one of them over twenty million dollars. Ah, uh, so we're on positional investment, huh? Well, no, in, ter- in terms yeah. of expectations, yes. yeah, yeah. But but I mean, in in that that's not Malik Reed was not supposed to be that guy, yeah. And he's being asked to be it, and he can't live up to that. He's fine for who he is. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. really good for who he is. Yeah, and he'll have a and he'll have a solid career. Yep. Um, I mean, I think. You were hoping that lightning would strike twice. You would. And you then were it would be Shaq, Shaq Barrett. And, yep. But Shaq is Shaq's just stouter at the point of attack. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that's something that I think went overlooked for a long time with Shaq, was just yes. how good he was in the run game and, and, and why the coaches started favoring him over Shane Ray. Yeah. Should have kept him. Uh, sh- Should have kept him. It was, yep, yeah. uh, a C right there. All right, Mace, let's talk about that secondary, and let's start with the cornerback position. B plus, okay, okay, that's that's nice. Bryce Callahan was arguably the best slot corner in the game mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Uh-huh. Ronald Darby has been good, mm-hmm. not great, mm-hmm. but good. Mm-hmm. Kyle Fuller struggled mightily early, but has played better the la- since he came back. Obviously, you know, sometimes you get on the bench and it clears your head a little bit. And to Kyle Fuller's credit. He handled the benching in the right way, and that's probably, if he keeps playing the way he has the last couple of games, that's probably going to earn him another contract somewhere. 
and then Pat Sertan has been has has been kind of he's become your CB one at this point, without a doubt. So I mean, you look at you look at Kyle Fuller getting burned early, and that that, that plays plays like that moments like that are why I can't give this group an A. Yep. But they've been good. In, they've been good in run support. Sertan has been what you hoped he would be. Darby, I think, has been a little bit better than expected, and Callahan was was terrific in the slot. It's it's a very good group on balance. B plus. Ah man, I, I'm going B here, uh, and it is trending in the right direction. But I I can't get over those games uh, where Kyle Fuller was consistently getting beat, uh, and then when Ronald Darby came back, he was getting mm. beat uh, for the first game or two when he was back. And then so so you have two guys that have had some poor play, but then have have shown a lot of improvement as well. And then Pat Sertan has just been everything that you that you wanted and more from that cornerback position. We haven't talked about him a lot because he hasn't been able to make huge plays because he hasn't been being thrown at. And that's what Champ Bailey was so good mm-hmm. at. You just wouldn't talk about Champ Bailey outside of the season where he he led the league in interceptions because then quarterbacks just stopped throwing his way. And that's what Pat Sertan is already becoming. And then like you said, Bryce Callahan, damn good in the. Slot. He was terrific before he got hurt, and that's that's a huge loss. It for is this, for this defense. It is it is a big loss. I, I if Callahan had stayed healthy, I was going to start beating the drum for him being a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. From what I'd seen from of him at the slot. Yep, he was having his best. He was having what look what look more and more like his best season. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. So I completely agree. So we we can go with you, Mason. Since we're since we're in a tie, we can let's go be B+. Be, let's be benevolent here. We let's can give go him a B, B plus, plus there. Uh, and now finally the core, the safety position. You know, if we were making this grade in the middle of October, this might have been shockingly low. I would have. Yep. But to their credit, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson have cleaned up most of the issues. Simmons has gotten back to his playmaking self in recent weeks, and Caden Stearns rotating in sub-packages in terms of per-play production might be the most efficient defender in the NFL. Yeah. Um, He's getting like six plays, and he's making plays. Right. It's funny. When I did individual grades on them, I did... Simmons A minus Jackson B Stearns A. Mm. I'm gonna give him an A minus. Wow. The only I... the only A of any kind on my list. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I have to go a B plus here. And the reason is Mace for really the more than half of the season so far, the of the half mm. season we've seen. Uh, th- this unit, Justin Simmons wasn't living up to to who he was. He he was good. Mm-hmm. He was good. Now these past couple of games, he's turned into the guy that the Broncos were hoping for when they made him the highest paid safety. Uh, but he wasn't there for the first what six games of the season. He wasn't. But you were, remember, for the first three games, you were still getting good play yep. from the unit as a whole. Yeah, it yeah, was good the play. it was the, the the Baltimore game, the Pittsburgh game, the Raider game. Those three in a cluster were bad. So you're looking at a three-game stretch that was bad, a seven-game, a seven-game stretch that was very good. Maybe we'll settle on on this one. We'll break the we'll break the tie and go in your direction. Okay. Um, I think, but seven excellent games, and especially when they to their again. You hear all the time, oh, we got to fix this. We got to get better. We got to work on the communication. 
They actually did it. They did. It wasn't it wasn't words coming from Simmons and Jackson. Yep. They went out and did it. Yep. A hundred percent. So I I got to give them a little. I got to give them some credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. They they went out and did it, and that's such an easy thing to not be able to overcome right. is saying the communication things. And Mace, the good thing is when it comes to the safeties and the cornerbacks. They are both trending in the right direction. We might be talking about about the unit as a whole, the secondary. If Kyle Fuller keeps playing well yep. and Pat Sertan continues to build on what he's done, we may be talking about the secondary as a whole being an A- minus to A type of unit when the season is done. Yep, without a doubt. With it, without a doubt. All it, right. It's still there for the taking based on their midterm grades. Uh-huh. Absolutely, Mace. Let's give out head coach grades Vic Fangio what does he get here (sighs) yeah shaking your head I mean he's just it's average see see and I I think so too and the reason I'm going C here and people may say what not a C minus not a D the defense Points per game, Mace, is is fourth best. But points per possession. Actually, I'm going to say C minus. Okay. Points we, per possession. We can go with C minus. Points per possession, they're much lower. How how low do you know off the top uh, of your I head? Believe they, they've, I believe this year in terms of points per possession, they've dropped by uh, – they've, they've fallen back by four-tenths of a point per possession. Okay. So you figure yeah, that's basically over, over a typical 10-possession game that's four points. That's not good. And the, That'll drop But you. it tells you – that on some level the offense is doing its job. It's not scoring, but they're holding the ball for longer. But the defense, when they're getting out there, is less efficient. And it and it's frustrating because this defense on paper should be better than the one last year. Yep, yep. It and yet should. on a per-game basis, it is. On a per-possession basis, so that factors in pace. It factors in the fact that they're seeing fewer plays. It's not. Right. So... Yeah, and also there's been, in terms of the coaching, uh, like the head coaching decisions, there's been some questionable things happen. We had Draymond Jones just come out on mm-hmm. Sunday and question the coaching as well. Game so, management's still an issue. Yeah, game management's still an issue here. And, I mean, I don't even want to give a grade out to Ed Donatel because that is, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to separate Vic Fangio and, and Ed Donatel at this point. I mean, I think you'd have to give Ed whatever Vic's getting. I think with the defense, I think you'd say because we're grading Vic as a head coach, not just as a defensive coordinator. Right, right. Like, I would say, for example, here's how you have to be a head coach. At some point before you start answering questions, Vic, you've got to see the play. And I'm talking about the sleigh fumble return of the Gordon fumble and then what happened at the end of it with no one stopping and he gets up there after the game, and he gets on the radio as well, and says that he didn't see it because of his angle. You got to in, in those ten or fifteen minutes, you address the team. That's a, that's the play of the game, you, and you got to see, see the play, see the up, see the angle, at least the TV copy. And you know, it's very easy. Someone just look on your just look on your phone, go on Twitter to the NFL handle, and you can watch the play. Okay. It's not that hard. It's mm. it's not that hard. But it's little thing. It's things like that. that See, but to me though, that, but no, it, it's things like that that show that he still is focusing kind of too much on kind of the moment, on the moment, on his own thing, on the defensive side, and he needs to have a broader perspective. He sometimes 
It seems like Vic can't see the forest for the trees, and he needs to have a bigger picture perspective. He is the head coach, not the defensive coach. He is the head coach. Yep. And he's the one who's answering those questions after every game. And I and that's just, you know, don't, you know, you can wait for the film, but a play like that, just somebody, you know, just watch the play. It, it would have it would have taken thirty seconds. Watch the play. See, I think for him that's uh, that that's better not to watch the play so that you have more time to meet with your staff and, and look it over and think of things before you talk to the media. But again. he's been he, look. He's been in the NFL since nineteen for all but a all but that year. Those the time at Stanford. He's been in the NFL since nineteen eighty six. He's seen everything. He you know he he wasn't born yesterday. He does know he he does know what's good, what's bad, what's wrong. If he sees if he sees a play, whether it's his defense or it's his offense. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't I don't blame him for that uh, personally, but but I see what you're talking about. And Mitch, you, you talked about him pulling out his phone and looking at that. Maybe he needs Mint Mobile because ha! then he nice. could have cell phone service wherever he is. Because of course, over at Mint Mobile, they are offering incredibly cheap cell phone service, starting at just fifteen dollars a month for all for for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and the data plans start at fifteen dollars a month. And you're probably saying, okay, where's the catch here? There is no catch over at mintmobile.com/dnvr. The reason they can make it so cheap forever is because they don't have any in-person stores. You don't need a store in person in order to go get a SIM card. No, what they do is you go to mintmobile.com/dnvr, sign up for their plans, which are is the exact same cell phone cell phone service as every other provider. Uh, and what you do when you get that, when you go onto mintmobile.com/dnvr, they send you a SIM card. You get to keep your number. You put the SIM card in your phone when you get it. You download an app, and boom, there you go. You are all set, and it's it's as easy as that. And then you get to start saving money. We uh, that what we are all on Mint Mobile right now, and Mace, it is fantastic. It's truly as easy as that. Go to mintmobile.com/dnvr. They send you a SIM card, and then you start saving hundreds of dollars per year because it is that much more affordable than every other cell phone provider. And right now, Mace, they're offering a buy three, get three plan. So what you do, buy three months of Mint Mobile at that incredibly affordable price, and you'll get three months for free. We're doing that right now, and it is absolutely fantastic. So that's like, that's it. They're already saving you like 75%, and then they're cutting that in half. So they're saving you so much money a month. So check them out at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. If you want another discount, you know, use go to Manscaped. Use the code DNVR at manscaped.com for 20% off shipping. You know, it's getting toward Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, you carve the turkey. But, maybe you know, sometimes when you carve the turkey, you mess up, right? Well, if you mess up down below the waist... You're going to have problems, mm-hmm. scary problems if you're trying to carve things down there. So you got to make sure you have the right tools for the right job. And that means Manscaped. You know, blitzing through hairs has never been easier than with the products from Manscaped. And it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Like I said, use that code NMVR at manscaped.com for 20% off plus Three ship free shipping. It's three and out the window with all the other trimmers. Now go tail tame that wildcat offense. You can do that with the performance package 4.0. It's the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and a hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs 
are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. That's not a great analogy this week. <laughs> it is not. Tom no. Brady didn't even get on the field in the fourth Ta- quarter. Taylor Heineke in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that Washington offense in the fourth quarter. It that was. was smooth. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. I mean, wow. I mean, don't like most cars like are, get up to ten thousand. That's it. Yeah, there's a car engine in right. this. Think about that. Now that sounds scary if you got a car engine down around your balls, but That's not very scary. with this. The lawnmower 4.0 has a multifunction on/off switch, and it can it can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn on the fourth the 4K LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. So. If you've got to trim your boys in the dark, just pull out the lawnmower 4.0 and turn on that LED spotlight. And it's waterproof. So if you ever get the itch to trim your balls in the rain or in the snow, wow. you can you can do that with the lawnmower 4.0. Not advisable, but you could do it. Sure. Well, I mean, actually think about this. It's waterproof, right? A lot of people have hot tubs here in Colorado. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so conceivably you could, you know, get out of the hot tub and uh, do a little quick trim right there outside in the cold. Yeah, maybe it want could to be, be snowing. outside of the hot tub before doing it. Yeah, it outside could make for a messy yeah, hot tub. Outside of the hot tub, but you're out there. You're kind of out in the open. It's cold. It's snowing, and you don't have to worry about your lawnmower 4.0 getting messed up. And you, <laughs> There's no 15-yard penalty for this clipping. And also, don't forget about the Weed Whacker. This is an elite nose and ear hair trimmer. It's also waterproof. And, you know, I talked about four, about four, about uh, 7,000 RPMs. The Weed Whacker is 9,000 RPMs. That? It's got a motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system and also has proprietary skin-safe technology to prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. And if you after you've trimmed your footballs, show them some love with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant Crop Preserver Ball Toner are here to take your balls to the next level. So check out all the good stuff at manscaped.com. Check out that performance package and use the code DNVR and get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. And check out our friends over at Ball because they want to hire you and give you a job. Over at their Golden Plant, they're hiring for their production team technician position and guys the benefits are incredible but this position is a front line on the aluminum can beverage uh, process at Ball's Plants and the company is offering a competitive $27.39 per hour with potential for increases at six, twelve, and in 18 months on the job it offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities within the company so get your foot in the door with a great job over at Ball starting at $27.39 per hour and they've got so many good benefits as well they have insurance they have 401k for retirement stock purchase options uh and a opportunity for a huge annual bonus so make sure to check them out go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden to 77222 to get in at and work at ball and be unstoppable over at ball that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden all right mace let's hop into the comment section wait wait no 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 we did not grade special teams Oh, yes. Oh. Let's and give Tom McMahon a grade. Also, before we hit any of that, I have something incredible to show you. Ooh. What's that? Uh, this is one of the official USA Today photos from the game this weekend okay. featuring our man, Eric Oh, oh my goodness. D-line oh coaches encompassing Broncos country. 
right there. Wow, with the beautiful hat, with the beautiful Breck Even brew. got the Breck Brew logo on there. Yeah. Oh, my. Were there tears underneath those hands, or what's going on here? Oh, okay. Yeah, see, he won't give up his secrets, but no, wow. I, I, you're, okay, you're, fa- then, you're famous. Then I'm going to caption this for you. <laughs> what the f- did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Was I, that right Was that right after the, uh, the, the fumble? Mason, you know me too well. No, actually, this was the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, to, to me, that wasn't what the F to me. That was... Uh, that was my heart is just absolutely in shambles right now. You let your everyone. You know what? I think Broncos country would have been better served health wise if the Broncos had lost to the Cowboys and then lost to the Eagles. That Cowboys win just gave everybody hope, and all of a yep. sudden pushed off the cliff. Yep, yep. All right, now let's. Speaking of not joyful things, let's talk about Tom McMahon's grade. Every. Almost every week, seven out of ten games, there's some kind of catastrophic special teams error. Yep. Block field goal. Yep. Block punt. I mean, look, some of this is at, it's execution. Okay. Like there are errors of execution. Something you can you can teach and teach and teach, and then if the wrong thing happens, oh well. Like you look at the the block field goal. You know, Dr- Draymond Jones gets beaten to the inside. Yep. Not a good moment for him. Yep. And you also have Drew Himmelman who's playing there and he's a he's an emergency call up. So he it's his first time out there basically and 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 the Eagles kind of to their credit decided, "Oh, new kid promoted off the promoted on the practice squad, basically battlefield promotion. We're going to go right at him." So what's a grade? <sighs> it's a D. It is it is and a I, D. And I like Tom, but it's just it's not working. No, it, it's, it's not. not working. And the reason it and the reason it's not an F here is because mm-hmm. the special teams for what two or three weeks started to perform better, and then it, it all went to shambles in Dallas. That was the only group that didn't show up. And then, of course, against as the Vic Fangio said, they, yes, and against the Eagles, it did not show up as well. Oh. So, cannot give a passing grade for Tom. Unfortunately, the one re- like, I mean, Brandon McManus is kicking well, but how much of that is on Tom? Uh, Brandon McManus isn't kicking well the past two weeks the, either. But over the course of the ten uh, of the of the season, yeah. But I mean, e- yeah. even that is starting to go wrong. Yeah, but that's a Chris Gould thing. Okay. Like when it comes to the when it comes to the kick the mechanics of kicking, that's a Chris Gould job. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and and he's doing fine. And Sam Martin is doing. Sam Martin when he's not when he's not under pressure is doing fine. But, yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean the the special teams is failing right now. You've had two two punts deflected this year. I mean, this is just it's it's, it's bad. like when it happened, like when it when the field goal ha- miss field when the block field goal happened on Sunday. It's like it's like every damn week with this unit, every yeah. damn week something goes wrong. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we got to get in a better place. Let's hop mm-hmm. into the comment section. We don't want a Gray McManus and. I've, and Martin, they're fine. Give them bees. They're fine. Yeah, exactly. They're there good. we go. Sam e- Martin's hang times are fine. We've got a super chat to hit. Oh, let's hit this comments. super chat coming in from Preston Epley. He says, uh, DNVR gets an A-plus for making this season interesting. Thank mm, you so thank much, you. Preston. That means the most. That's that's mm. mo- that's the biggest grade I care about, so I, thank you, Preston. I appreciate that. I mean, I don't know how interesting we're making it, but we're trying here. And let's jump into the <laughs> comment section where our friends in the comment section always make it interesting. Mace, we've got time. we got 10 minutes. Let's get to as many questions as we can. First one coming in from Howler Bro Surf. New member here. You got me. We got him. Where do I go from here? I don't enjoy watching the season, so your great content is a high 
highlight of Broncos anything now. Where do we go from here? I like Teddy, but he's not the answer. I think Locke sucks, so I don't want to see you him. You and Rex Ryan. Or hear it from the stands. I want Vic gone, but not midseason. I just want this to be over with. Let's hire Todd Bowles and draft Carson Strong and get on with it. Howler Surfer, bro, uh, or Howler, Howler Bro Surf, I think you're spot on just in terms of where you kind of are. So many people want immediate change. We mm-hmm. just saw what that's going to do. If they fire Pat Shermer, Mike Shula is not any better. So the immediate change probably isn't going to do much now except put a lot of strain on the rest uh, uh, of your coaching staff. Uh, and I think that if the Broncos continue to trend the direction they're trending right now, you will see a new quarterback uh, or an investment in a quarterback and a new head coach. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't gotten any indication that Todd Bowles is on their radar. If it were Mace, the owner of the Broncos... Todd Bowles would be on my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Byron Leftwich. I'd interview Byron Leftwich as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're both doing good jobs down there, and Bowles has the head coaching experience in the past. Also, the, the thing with Bowles that I like is um, Todd Bowles, not Garrett. Todd Bowles, it, yeah, is that his coaching DNA? He comes from a lo- lines of problem solvers, Joe Gibbs and Bill Parcells. Like it. Those are th- those are. You know, they're Hall of Fame coaches, obviously, but they are coaches who excelled in adapting on the fly. And to me, that like the thing I am looking for, for from a head coach above, above tactics, scheme, everything, is how you adapt to changing situations, how you solve problems, how you lead the entire group. Do you have that big picture mentality? I think, and, and, having, and having done it before, what did you learn from that? Todd, look, the Jets have been absolutely putrid since Todd Bowles was fired. Mm-hmm. Their last good season, 10-6, and six, was with Todd Bowles as head coach. Right. I think he's going to make somebody very happy in this cycle. I think you're right. And welcome, Howler Broser. If we yeah. love having you rolling with us. Thanks for the comment. Orange and blue for life. He says, I know people are upset about Teddy and the video looks rough, but I have been and must continue to stay with my feelings about this matter of the play. I never want my quarterback attempting to make a play following a turnover. I'd rather they just head straight to the sideline. And that that's a coaching thing. Mm-hmm. And if Vic Fangio, we talked about it yesterday. If Vic Fangio came out yesterday and said, or we talked about a post game. Vic Fangio came out and said, I told Teddy to not ever put himself in the way. Then Teddy would be completely uh, completely fine after that. Uh, but we found out that that was not the case. Right. And I understand where you're coming from, orange and blue for life, but that was never directed for Teddy. Exactly. And I think um, it's a perfectly defensible position. One thing I, I was just hearing Chad Brown on the radio say on Monday morning is that when he played for Seattle – Jim Zorn, the QB coach, said literally, and I mentioned this to you guys yesterday, that they that they had a day in camp where they practiced tackling drills mm-hmm. and they practiced learning how to fall, like on a slip and slide. Yep. Because you might <laughs> yeah. need to do that at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I, I would also agree with you, Orange yeah. and Blue for Life. I, w- I wouldn't want my quarterback. I know, I know Tim hurt. Jenkins had some similar comments as well. You don't practice it, but you, you coax your guys to be willing to make a play mm, there we go manning's forehead speaking of quarterback says hello folks been a while can we talk really quick about how ridiculously good peyton's draft first draft has been six of the nine not counting Kerry vincent have already gotten solid play time and have performed very well i think the biggest bust so far is the sixth rounder seth williams which is crazy i have the utmost confidence in peyton yeah right now his mm-hmm. his draft class is looking great and there's no such thing as a sixth round bust right especially this year when the back the backgrounds of the draft were 
much more fallow than other years because you had more guys coming back for their super senior seasons after the COVID altered year. Yep. So, you know, Seth Williams doesn't work out oh well. You get you get to round five, six, and seven. There are no busts. And you're hitting on some of those five, six, and seven guys. Exactly. I mean, like you had Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns. And by the way, if you have a lot of picks like the Broncos do, if you have double-digit picks in a year, I love the idea of doubling up at a position. Best man wins. Yeah. Jamar, you know, Jamar Johnson came in with, you know, better with with better film. Caden Stearns had the better athletic measurables. Yeah. And so far Caden Stearns is ahead. But yeah, you you had two guys. Jamar Johnson will be a backup next yeah, year. Yeah, you had two guys, one is flourishing, the other is on a little bit of a on a, on a slower timeline. Yep. That's okay. It is okay for a late round guy. Yeah. Hawkeye Broncos says, fellas, while watching the game, it honestly felt like the Broncos are going to pull it off up until the play. I was never on board the Teddy train as I imagined this exact scenario playing out. No way. A middling team that's up and down, ending up with no progress to a solution and simply a forgettable season. Okay. I thought he meant he saw that play coming. I threw my support behind Teddy and enjoyed competent football, which was nice. However, after that excuse of an attempted tackle, I'm out on Teddy. He quit on this team, quit on the fans, and quit on his future in Denver. How does he have any credibility in the locker room? I guess it's back to washed up veterans shopping for aisle or shopping aisle for us in the offseason. Anyway, just my two cents. Cheers to you guys and my DNVR fam. Love a sad fam. I totally see why you're sad and disappointed, Hawkeye Bronco. And hopefully Teddy's comments yesterday will help you get on the right track. But like we said, he's by no means just absolved by what happened. Uh, his actions are going to have to show it. And really, winning is how he wins this team back, how he wins you back. But the way the Broncos are trending right now is let's hope they're not shopping in the veteran shopping aisle for a quarterback next year. Let's hope they're shopping for a first-round quarterback. And that may be with Teddy as a starter for one more year. Yeah, and look, I mean, I know this is not going to give anybody any hope, but let's say that uh, you're, you're, not, you're not able to get Russell Wilson. You're not able to get Aaron Rodgers, for example. You know who the best free agent quarterback on the market as of today is? Geno Smith. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. An upgrade over Geno Smith, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, look, he said the right things yesterday, and he had to. That was, But that was all he could do. Right. All he could do was be well said yesterday. The only way he earns back the trust is by being – is by – having games that allow you to say, well done. There's that clear, you see that around, I, I saw it at the Panthers facility when I worked there, saw it at the Broncos facility. I think it was a John Foxism. Well done is better than well said. Mm, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. It's very, very true. And makes we got a few super chats to hit really yep. quick. First one coming in from OPMG says, our offense isn't designed for specific players to explode weekly. There should be at least three deep balls a game to Sutton just to scare defenses. Shake my head. Yeah, I, I agree don't with disagree you. with any of that. Throw, throw it up to him until he proves that he's not that guy anymore, but he hasn't been able to prove that. And you know what? If you get like, if you get a, a seven yard run on first and 10, Second and three is a perfect opportunity to test deep. Absolutely. It, it is. And, and another one, he comes in, OPMG again. Thank you so much, OPMG. Yeah. He says, Judy should be a first down monster. He should be used like Marvin Harrison was. Our our routes or out routes. out routes and slants, baby. Come on, man. Shermer is really hurting us. Yeah. I want to yeah, see him Judy should be a monster as well. He should. Yep. And Jacob says, Five dollars uh, uh, from Mace to tie in a Seinfeld reference to this spot. I guarantee he can do that. Oh, I think I can. I mean, I'm running out of time, right? 
Hit us with one. Okay. Um, well, it doesn't. It's not really endemic to football, but I thought about Seinfeld when I was parallel parking because there was an entire episode about backing in versus po- to the parallel parking spot versus going in uh, front first. Zach, you parallel park every day. I do here near the DMVR bar. Uh-huh. Are you a front first guy or back in guy? Oh, you have to back in. Really? Absolutely. I'm a complete front first guy. I didn't even know that was possible. I feel like I, I was noticing because I'm I'm parked over one block away from here, and I tried to ba- and I I tried to back in, but I couldn't. Now there was no there was no one around me, so I wasn't holding anybody up, and it wasn't like the standoff that happened because you had George trying to pull in and mm, someone else trying to go. trying to pull in. But yeah, I I gotta go front. I gotta go front first. I and didn't on, know you could even there do are that. some that would think that I am an animal that I am not an evolved human being because I pull in front first. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's an episode that kind of gets lost. It's not one of kind of the classic episodes, although it does have a classic moment where uh, Kramer uh, tells a moment, a woman, congratulations. She's like, why you're pregnant, right? No, oh boy. which is why you never congratulate somebody on being pregnant Unless they first offer the information that they're pregnant. Yes, 100%. Yeah, never do that. Never. <laughs> so there's your Seinfeld <laughs> reference, and we'll get to one more comment from TCU Broncos. It says, I have not missed a Broncos game in over 20 years. I love this team and have been a diehard fan my entire life. But if we roll out Teddy again, I think that's going to break my streak. From my understanding, Teddy is a great guy off the field. That's totally fine. I wish him the best, but I cannot stand him as a Broncos quarterback. He can't hit a target five yards beyond the line of scrimmage with any consistency and refuses to take any chances his numbers will make him look good on paper but no one can seriously tell me he has won a game for this team i don't give a darn if he completes six yard passes on third and ten and finishes the game with a 75 percent completion looks good not helpful is it a coincidence that we are about as bismal on third down and red zone conversions nope he's been that way his entire career and now he's making business decisions as a captain absolutely no room for that manning was always gave a legitimate effort in those situations even after four neck surgeries that is real leadership put in anyone else rip in lock a free agent i don't care I'm done watching Teddy in a Broncos uniform. On a positive note, love y'all and remain a loyal listener for as long as y'all are around. Well, we love you, TCU Bronco, and I'm sorry that this Broncos season uh, really took a turn on Sunday. Yeah, I think think Sunday broke a lot of people. It did, it did, but you know what's going to get them right back? Beating the Chargers? They beat the Chargers, yeah. Yeah, going into Kansas City with an opportunity to be ahead in the division. Another Seinfeld reference. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Yep, that is exactly what the Denver Broncos are yes. doing. And, and they'll uh, probably do that. They'll probably beat the Chargers, pull you yeah, back in, yeah. and then you're out. And then they come home, and they beat the Lions and the Bengals, and then you're back in, and yep. they're going to Vegas on the day after Christmas. Yep, exactly. Oh, so, that's probably, look, if I had to bet on something happening, that is what I would bet on happening. Yep, yep, just a back and forth. People are going to be out. People are going to be in. And someplace that you're always in is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental, where if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do is go and get your teeth cleaned for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. You're going to go to the dentist twice a year anyways. Might as well go to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're part of our family. They come out and hang here at the DNVR bar. We go to them to get our teeth cleaned, and that's what you should do as well. And on top of that, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam. So make sure to check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on the pod. Anyone tuning in live, we really appreciate it. Hit us with a thumbs up on 
on your way out. We would greatly appreciate that. Mace, I appreciate you for rolling with us. And everyone listening to the podcast, thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. You'll be back. I'll be back. You'll I be w- traveling. I am going to Wisconsin for a couple of days. Safe travels, Mace. Thank you. Have, so, have a great bye I week. will talk to everybody on Monday. On Monday. Yep. There it is. But we will be back with you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Sometimes.